Hello, and welcome to the Carroll First Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Peter Hill, and let us now bring on the other host, Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris. Good morning. Hello. Today we have a very special guest again. Pastor Wigan is back. Uh, he's returning to continue the discussion on Tom Rainier's I Am a Church Member. So welcome, Pastor Wigan. Thank you. Uh, today we're going to be looking over Chapter 5 of the book. Uh, chapter 5 talks about leading and raising a family to be healthy church members. So let's hop right in. Uh, we're going to start with at Matthew 7, 3 through 5. It talks about the log being in your own eye versus the speck uh, in the other person's eye. And so how does this illustrate how we should be as church members? Anyone? Anyone. Anyone. It's up, up for grabs. Any thoughts there? Pop fly. I think Someone we all have a tendency to uh, see faults in other people that we don't necessarily see in ourselves. Yeah. And we can have more of a tendency to point those things out to people. And uh, I think it's important that we recognize our own uh, faults and failings and also have a measure of grace towards other people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that can help is just uh, getting to know people a little bit better sometimes and understanding them a little bit better sometimes. And uh, that can can really help in, in regards to that. Yeah, sometimes it could just be false assumptions that you have of other people. Sure. Um, And, you know, simple conversations and relationships with them, you realize the, you know, what is true. There in the Sermon on the Mount, we have Christ talking about uh, and and gives probably the most uh, wrongly and overused, (laughs) wrongly uh, interpreted (laughs) passage of Scripture that we have in the Bible where it says, Judge not, lest you be judged. Right. And one of the things I think it's important to notice about that is that passage is basically talking about judging another person's motivations and what's in their heart. And we don't really know what's in somebody's heart. We can -hmm. can see their actions and see the things they do, but when we get into the territory of trying to evaluate why they do certain things and we get suspicious of them and judgmental of that, that's when we get into to some real problems there. And mm-hmm. I think we need to really be careful about that. If somebody does something wrong, it, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, right. if somebody yeah. steals something, right. hey, they stole it, it's wrong. But yeah. right. when we get into the area of, of why they people have done different things and make assumptions there, yeah. I think that's a very dangerous and destructive thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard someone say that uh, Matthew seven one has has eclipsed John three sixteen as the most known, <laughs> known verse in the Bible because <laughs> we've allowed to use that use it use it wrongly mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I do think with the uh, the log and the speck thing that sometimes the irony is that the very thing that is being criticized in someone else is true of of us. And that that element of of the log in your eye, I mean, so distorts the way you see things, even even your own yeah. your own sin, uh, that, that you can can miss it, and therefore what he says to them of of being a hypocrite, uh, accusing someone of doing the, the things that that you're doing, <laughs> which is a a good I think it's a good call to just recognize like, yeah, you know, I I need to do some self inspection and. Uh, repentance and asking God to to reveal to me uh, areas of of sin that I might be overlooking um, when it seems so easy to see it in other people's lives too. 
So because we have all this perfectly mastered, um, how do we how do we teach this to our family? Example. If you don't want your kids to be griping about people all the time and saying all kind of negative things. And you shouldn't be. Either, we need right? to make sure that we are not doing yeah. that. And I, I'm very thankful for a good example that I had growing up. My, uh, my parents and my grandparents didn't complain about other people, at least in front of us kids. Maybe they did it behind closed doors. I don't know. But I am so thankful that my parents set that example for me of not talking about people. Uh, somebody said that the highest form of communication is when you talk about ideas, mm -hmm. and the lowest form of communication is when you talk about people, especially in a gossipy, yeah. uh, accusatory mm -hmm. yeah. type of a, yeah. a fashion. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I guess the other thing would, is, to, I mean, as far as teaching your, your family, I mean, I, you made the joke, since we all have this mastered, I think one of the things to teach is that we don't all have this mastered and yeah. that we are all learning. And so yeah. when there is a failure, uh, that, that we recognize that failure in our own life and, and be mm -hmm. willing to, to, uh, repent, yeah. I think a, 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 a spirit of repentance is a, a, um, a necessary rhythm of the Christian and it speaks volumes to a, a child of what it looks like to to repent or to keep on repenting. I think Martin Luther said that when uh, God calls a Christian to 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 the Christian life, it's it's to to a repenting life. I mean, it's to continue mm -hmm. to repent. And so this idea of speck and log. I mean, when we recognize the the speck in our own life or the log in our own life, <clears throat> that's a great example to a kid mm -hmm. of uh, what it looks like to repent. I want to reference a book, and right now I can't even remember what the book is. I just remember what it said. Uh, something to the effect of there are two things that children need to hear from their dads, I love you, and I'm sorry. Uh, so to the point of uh, you know making mistakes and trying to be a good example, mm -hmm. uh, that's an important thing for you know parents to model to their children, not just as a, a moral thing, but a biblical thing that you know when we make mistakes, we own up to the mistake yeah. we made, we let them know that we made a mistake and that we're sorry, and then model how to move on from that rather than just, oh well, no big deal or you know uh, trying to rationalize or whatever. Um, those kinds of things to maintain this uh, authority. I'm your dad, or I'm your mom. Kind of, kind of uh, right. picture, you know. Sure. Yeah. So sticking with kids, uh, how can we raise kids, raise our children? This isn't an announcement or anything, but how can as as I'm going to be a future <laughs> parent someday? How how can we raise kids to be healthy church members? I found it interesting in page 60 of the book here, there was a sentence that caught my eye or two. As our family prayed together for our church, my three sons grew up with a love for the church. They were not blind to the problems and challenges that occurred in the church, but they did learn, however, to love people unconditionally, and in doing so, they learned to love the church. So when we bring our church into our house, and, you know, and I'm thinking forward here as you know going to be a dad how am i going to do this you know uh, am i just going to encourage them to go to church am i going to drag them to church or are we going to set a mindset within our own home that we love the church we pray for the church and, and this is an important piece to our spiritual life and our responsibility as followers of jesus to be a part and so i, I love this part about uh, actively praying for the church 
with our children. Hopefully, by showing a love for our church and the people of our church, they'll pick up on that. And like Pastor said, you know, not complaining about people, which is the church, is the people. And so by complaining about pastor's message or this Sunday school teacher or whatever, that communicates something that doesn't sound very loving. And so mm-hmm. to pray for our church and then to do that, that, that's contradictory. So really emphasizing love for the church being the people and praying for for them. I love the fellow Bob in this chapter. <laughs> in fact, when I, I read that, my mind immediately went to a fellow in the church I grew up in named Bob Walker. Oh, wow. And I don't know what his... Whether he was the custodian, whether he was a deacon, or what it was, but he was always there, yeah. always there with a good attitude. He's the guy that filled the baptistry. He's the guy yeah. that you'd see picking things up and so forth. But always had such a positive attitude. Always a smile on his face, and and I think you know just that that attitude with kids. Things are are more caught than taught yeah, a lot of times sure. and kids uh-huh. read attitudes oh, yeah. yeah they know when you're putting the show on <laughs> right or or when you're being genuine yeah. and i know we sometimes joke about people having roast preacher for for sunday dinner <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know I, I think we need to be careful that we don't have roast congregation <laughs> right yeah yeah in, in pastoral homes sure yeah, so yeah. big yeah. thing is just you know love people and and Many times, be willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah. yeah, we had a growing up in our small church. Uh, I think we, I think we had one deacon uh, at least for some of the time, but he had been there seems like forever at that point, and uh, he just actually passed away uh, maybe last month. Um, it's still living in Frostburg, but um, he was a single guy. Uh, but he, he was the. Uh, Steady as as it goes, uh, the the example of, I mean, his commitment to the the small church was unbelievable uh, in his attendance and his care. Uh, he he would read the Bible through like multiple times a year. I mean, he was like one of those guys. Like I think it was like four times a year he would read it. At least he had, unbelievable. Um, but just that example of of uh, care for the church and, and love for people and love for Jesus uh, was was certainly something that affected uh, me it still still affects me uh you know some s- this many years later yeah, i'm pretty sure bob walker my example is probably with the lord now if not he's probably about 130 years old uh, <laughs> wow. but i'm sure he's pretty enjoying his reward with the lord, with the lord <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now amen. that's good but on the opposite side what what do you do if your family rejects jesus and rejects the idea of church membership altogether? Church membership, like becoming a member of the church, or just rejecting the church altogether? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. You keep loving them. Yeah. You keep the doors open. You, I think there's a place for voicing your concern without preaching to the your children all the time. Uh, I think there's, you know, and a lot of times they... They know whether they're doing right, whether they're doing wrong. They know what they were taught as they were yeah. being brought up. But I think the big thing is is um, keeping the doors open, keep loving them without doing anything to enable any sin they might have gotten into mm-hmm. or might any destructive things in their their lifestyle that might be causing them to stay away from church. You know, usually. Um, 
people don't really want to be in church or don't want to read the Bible or don't want to pray when they've got sin in their life, especially yeah. if especially if these are saved kids that yeah. have trusted Christ and really know the Lord. They're under pretty heavy conviction, and yeah. we mm-hmm. tend to stay away from places that make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But keep praying for them, and, and church history is, is just replete with examples of people that seem to have walked away from their early yeah. training, and yet later on they become some of the most dynamic forces for Christ that, mm-hmm. that the church has ever seen. Yeah. So there's hope. Keep yeah. hope. Yeah. That, that, I think that... that the hope element of God's not done and yeah. just because it is what it is now doesn't mean that it has to be that way forever. Yep. And that at, at the end of the day, like um, I'm not the one who convicts my kid of anything. Yeah. Take <laughs> like, the Holy Spirit. Right. I, I can teach them and that's a responsibility of, of a parent for sure. And that should not be neglected and God can use the teaching for his ultimate plan. But, um, but the spirit does that. And so the conviction of sin comes through God's word, through his spirit. And so as a parent, I guess that's keeping keeping the word of God in front, but trusting trusting God to do that, not uh, not my my influence on uh, on them. I think a lot of us can even look at our own lives and yeah. you know, I thank God for a Christian family that I was raised in, thank God for being raised in the church and mm-hmm. I hit my college years, and I yeah. wasn't real excited about church, sure. and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and and didn't really walk with the Lord the way that I should have, and God didn't turn loose of me, sure. <laughs> and uh, convicted me of sin when I sinned. Thank God He kept me from getting into some things that could have been uh, very lifelong, had lifelong effects upon my life, yeah. but yeah. Uh, you know he, he kept after me, and my parents mm-hmm. just kept kept loving me yeah, yeah. those are the important thing yeah yeah that's good i'd say that the the love and continued example is an important piece my brother and i were raised in a christian family in church all the time and we both had our opportunities of kind of getting a little saddle sore with this whole church stuff and trying to go our own direction and the lord kind of corralled us back brian went into the military and you know he he went a ways away from uh, the Lord and his Christian walk. But as a family, we continued to love and be an example. And God orchestrated things the way God orchestrates things and, and drew him back to himself and, and allowed him to meet his wife and start a family and then realize the importance of church and God in his life. And uh, now he is, I would say, a, a fantastic father and husband and uh, is a part of their church, uh, heavily involved in ministry there. And I get text messages and Facebook videos of uh, my youngest niece with her eyes closed on the couch praying with Daddy uh, and being led to the Lord. And so, I mean, you know, who would have thought that back in 2002 when he was in Iraq and doing all these things that this kind of stern, a little bit away from God kind of a guy, you know, years later is going to be sitting on a couch with his daughter, and, and it's just, it's wonderful. So don't lose hope, yes, because the Lord is not done, but we do still have a responsibility as family members to continue to show love to them. And God loves our kids out. even more than we do. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's hard to feature that, but he does. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
I think that about wraps it up. Like, thank you, Pastor Wigan, for coming on today. And thank you, Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris. Uh, this was I Am a Church Member, uh, Chapter 5. And hope you can join us again next time as we go over Chapter 6, our final chapter.